The strongest stars have hearts of Kaiba. I'm going with the force of forces with me. That's not how the Force works. Well, let's start somewhere. Welcome to the KyberCast. This is episode number 85, recorded February 2nd, 2021. My name is Joe Becker. I'm part of this team. The other part is... I'm Michael Diaz, the better part of this team. <laughs> oh, of this team. Of this team. Uh, I don't know. Didn't know where you were going. Neither do I. What's happening, Michael? How are you? Uh, I'm tired. So why? What'd you do? Sit all day at your desk like I did? <laughs> well, I'll just leave it as a geriatric dog is kind of like a toddler. Yeah. Yes. They get up at all hours of the night and they either need to go potty or they want to drink a water. Right. Then you have to try and go back to bed. But other than that, I'm good. You? Good. I've been at my desk since six this morning. I had a bunch of work to do this morning, and that was I. I got up early so that I could make sure I was going to have this podcast today. But then I was breaking late, and I wasn't sure if we were going to make it. But I got stuff done. So you did it. We did it. We did it. So yeah, Um, had a good weekend. I went snowmobiling for the first time. I've never ridden one or drove one, but uh, I got to drive one. Went. Up to Cadillac. It was great. Oh my god, I want one. <laughs> Dude, they're so scary fast. Well, sixty miles an hour through snow is not too bad, is it? <laughs> you know, it's funny, I was literally having this conversation with my daughter today. Uh, wow, it's kind of <laughs> like a it's like a motorcycle and a sea but on land. Yeah. Only the ground is a lot harder than water. Yeah. And you don't really stop fast either. No. No brakes. <laughs> this brakes. Oh, come on. You're going through snow. snow. How well did the brake work? Pretty well. I was surprised, honestly. When you let off the gas, too, like it, the thing chokes down pretty quick. So it slows down pretty quick. You know, you, you can't just, stop like a car, but. No. They're scary fast. I was, listen, the first 35, 40 minutes, I was very hesitant. Because, you know, it was icy ground. They work better in snow than on hard ice, you know, like on a hard surface right. of snow. Because so you, you drift a lot when you're doing, so you can't steer quickly. But um, I got my legs underneath me and I, you know, once I was at like 35 miles an hour and then by the end of the day, I got it up to 60, 61, nice. which is, that's good for me. And there's, my friends were like, you know, 80, 90. No, that's too fast. Just because... Okay. Well, it was open land. It wasn't like they were going to hit any. Like, they weren't like through like it wasn't like flying through Endor on a bike, well, speeder no, no, bike. No. But as long as they knew where they were going, because yeah, yeah. You know, I've heard horror stories about people going through an open field and oh, there's a tree stump under the snow you don't see, and they hit it right. like, two hundred feet through the air. Yeah, but it was or, cool. We 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 had a good time. We got to go through trails, and then we ended at this um, outdoor like a bar, I guess you'd say, or pub. So it was all outdoor and got a, a, a lunch and a, and a beer and then rode back. It was great. What Loved did you it. have for lunch? Cause I know you're, I had fries. That's all I could have. I was going to say, cause you're a <laughs> vegan. So I, not that, not anything wrong with that, but I would assume no. that someplace up North. Well, it was I, very hard. Fries and beer. Nowhere. Yeah, exactly. Fried pickles too. I had some pickles. Okay. Which, who knows what those things? I'm sure there was butter or some shit in there that I didn't know. But if you don't ask, don't tell. <laughs> <laughs> right. And I was hungry. So, anyways, it's, it's probably boring to our listeners, but that's uh, at least I did something outside. And then uh, you know, that was it was fun. Good. We got a we got Mediterranean food. We went to a Mediterranean market. Oh, we're, okay, so you got to tell me where this. Well, you can tell me offline where that's at because I can't find anything good out where I live, where we live. Oh well, it's which like, is the west side of the state. That's good Mediterranean. Now, goes okay. it's more like uh, I think it's more Lebanese than it is Greek. That's okay. I grew up half my uh, grand my grandfather's family's from Lebanon, so oh, I, I love that stuff. Yeah. 
I did not know that. So yeah, uh, I mean, everything we got was good. We've got some uh, samosas, uh, some kofta. No, not kofta. Mm -hmm. Kibbe. Yep. You cooked or real kibbe? Uh, well, no, it was the uh, the the meatball kind with the bulgur. Cooked. Yes. Yeah, that's not most of them eat raw kibbe. Yeah, I don't eat raw. <laughs> no thanks. But we got that. And we got you know some falafel and other stuff we, we got a whole bunch of stuff and nice it's all fantastic yeah see when guys and gals that listen to our podcast when things are slow in the news we're going to turn this into like a food show maybe I don't know. <laughs> right there's not a lot of news out there michael right now there's not well there was the wandavision mid-season trailer right which i which literally was watched before this episode it was fun um it's fun it's not a lot new. I mean, we got a couple hints of some of the stuff that's coming, like the 80s episode. And then I don't know if it was a, well, definitely a 90s. There was, I, you know, I saw the hair, like the 90s and whatnot. Right. And I don't know if the, you know, the camera interview, if that's more of a 2000s or. Yeah. I mean, 90s. obviously it's the whole, you know, there's a couple shows I did that. You had The Office and you had, was it, what was the one with that Modern Family? family. Modern Family, yeah. They did another documentary type style show. So clearly that's going to be one of them. I thought for sure they would go for a Friends look because that was such a big show with, you know, all the Friends. But maybe that's not what they're doing. Maybe we'll see that because, I mean, they went all in on the 70s. Right. So maybe we'll see. I think in that really the Friends, I think for the 90s, I think they're going to be going for more of a full house type. Oh no, they can't do that with with. Uh, yeah, I think so Ashley. because in one of the scenes they showed like this, all this wood and the uh, stained glass windows and stuff. I'm like, that looks like something out of the Full House series. I bet you that maybe, might. maybe. That's my guess. I think it's a good guess. I mean, it, uh, clearly they've got a an Olsen in there. <laughs> so, oh yeah, duh, duh, duh. Yeah, but, but it's, it's the younger sister. Right. Um, but it looks good. I mean, they're, I mean, uh, clearly they're going to keep going with the shows. It's not going to, we, you know, we'll get into episode four after this, but the, the, it isn't just stopping now. It's going to string out till maybe the end. Who knows? It looks good. Who knows? I'm yeah. excited. So what about uh, your geek this week? Well, it's funny. So. My geek this week all kind of ties into, I mean, we're kind of one note these last three weeks. I know, know it's, it's tough. It's all WandaVision and all Ready Player One but or Ready Player Two because there's just not a lot of news right, coming out right now. I mean, that's going to change. We know, obviously, in March, March is going to be interesting because we're obviously going to be covering uh, Winter Soldier and, you know, Falcon and the Winter Soldier. We know that Zack right. Snyder's, you know, uh, Just League comes out. March 18th. Right. Oh, yeah. Good call. So, you know, but February, there's all we really have is WandaVision, right? Right, so far. So, and our book, yeah, which we're right. getting close to the end. I mean, uh, I know, we only have one to, more section after today. We have to think of another book. So, that's a good thing for, hey, listeners, if you have any suggestions as to what we should read, hit us up. Ready Player Absolutely. Two was kind of a gimme just because it just came out. Right. But, I mean, I I probably have dozens of books I haven't read yet that I could easily pick from, but I like to hear what people have to say. I had one another person that listened to our podcast said they would be interested in The Witcher, but I know you wouldn't because you're not, you, you won't do the fantasy thing. <laughs> I'm not, I, I can try it. Well, it's not like I said, let's do Lord of the Rings, which is a you know, three book. <laughs> well, I wouldn't say to do that. I mean, well, I mean, technically Dune is, you know, what, three, four massive books. We only read the first one. I, I would be willing to tackle the tackle the first Lord of the Rings. Well, the the tough thing is it doesn't it, it it's like an empire. They're like it doesn't end on a you know, you want to eat like it doesn't end. Like it oh. the, like there's a there's kind of more of a feeling to the end of Dune than than Fellowship of the Ring. Gotcha. You know. Yeah, but so. if I didn't like it, I definitely would not feel compelled to keep going. 
Yeah, I mean, and you talking... read the Game of Thrones books, right? Mm-hmm. See, I haven't. Yeah. All right. I mean, you know, there's a, there's a, it, it takes a bit to, to read some Tolkien though. Like it's, you know, it's like watching train spotting it takes you a bit to understand what the hell they're saying. But then by the end of the movie, you have the same accent as they do. <laughs> uh, I, I like it. I get it. And it's also you know, a nice older reference that only people our age are going to get. Right. That's a great movie though. One of my favorite movies of all time. Wow. So, okay. What was your geeks this week then? Oh, I'm sorry. Um, we went way off on a tangent there. Uh, our geeks, my geeks this week were totally tied into what we're doing right now. So I first read Avengers disassembled, which, uh, I believe that was, uh, Bendis and Finch. I think it was definitely Bendis that wrote it, which is kind of the end of the Avengers. And then like Mm. six months later is when they did the house of M, which ties into WandaVision kind of. Okay, I didn't know any of this, so that's cool. Is this like Avengers Disassemble? Is that fairly new? Uh, I want to say 2004. So yeah, I mean that to me that's new in terms of the world of comics. Like it's not like <laughs> 1985 is when that was written. You know what I mean? No, no. no. Bendis wrote for Marvel basically from like 2000 on, um, and went to DC a couple years back. So anything from like 2000 to 2018, 19, Bendis had touched it at some point. Okay. And for a while, he was writing the Avengers. And he basically came in and cleaned the deck. He wrote like three, four issues, like issue 500 through, I think it was 503, and then a a finale special where he basically ended the Avengers and basically gave them their worst day ever, and they they disassembled. But then a new group decided we're going to be the Avengers, and then they... Because, you know, no group's ever dead, right? Right. So I read Avengers Disassembled, which is the end of the Avengers. I didn't read. So after that came New Avengers and then the Mighty Avengers, blah, blah, blah. I didn't read any of those collections because really I wanted to read the precursor to. And then from that, House of M, which are you familiar with House of M? Nope. House of M deals with the fact, and I'll be really quick, um, Scarlet Witch creates a whole new reality where mutants are in charge. Where basically mm. Magneto's king of the world and his family is the royal family. And of course, Magneto's her father. So her and Pietro are there. And also is uh, um, Polaris, who is also uh, Magneto's daughter. And the thing is, she creates this whole reality, and the only there's only a couple people that realize this is not the reality as it's supposed to be. One of whom is Wolverine because of his his memory and his healing powers. Right. He he knows right away this is not the real world. This is wrong. So it's about that. So it's not exactly the same, but the break came that she wanted to bring back her family. So in this reality, like I said, Magneto's the kind of like the king. And, but her kids are there. And that's kind of, and she's, you know, Vision's still dead. He's not part of it. But, um, so it's, it's similar in that fact that she created a whole new reality. So I want so to did, that. Was Vision killed in, uh, like, like in the movies? Or is that just happened no, no, to me? No. no. Okay. In fact, uh, the entire um, Infinity Gauntlet thing was mm-hmm. a completely different story other than Thanos snapped his fingers. Got it. He really kind of snaps his thing, fingers at the beginning, and then the story comes after where people try to undo it. So, you know, I've been thinking about this, you know, since last week we we talked, and, and this whole idea of um, every time something comes up for Star Wars as Legends, you're like, that's not canon anymore, right? Right. But you don't give any shit to Marvel when they – change what was actual real canon and bring it into the film. So I look at like the Marvel comic book thing as like Star Wars Legends. Like they'll pull from storylines, but they'll make it their own. Okay, maybe I look at it a little bit differently because of this. Um, In comics, both DC and Marvel have always played with alternate universes. Mm -hmm. And in fact, the MCU is, I think, what the... We mentioned it in an episode or two or right, ago. The 616. Yeah, well, that's the comic, but the MCU right. is also a universe. It's 
some number that was referenced. Oh, it was like two thousand something, right? It was. I, I thought it was twenty five hundred something. It was. Yeah, whatever. It was referenced yeah. in an episode of One Division, but right. So, I get it. They're all separate. So, I, I guess. I mean, Star Wars has done that a bit as well. They did a comic book series called Infinities, which were basically alternate verse universes. If this had happened, how would the universe have changed? Blah blah blah. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. But the thing is, with Star Wars, the comics, the books, the movies—they're all the same canon. But they're not because the movies take things from other comic books and change them. Right. Oh no, the comics now. Any comic book coming out now is canon. Well, I don't know. Uh, maybe, but that's what's supposed to be. I'm guessing it's not. Like they're going to do whatever they want with comics. Like why wouldn't they? It's supposed to be canon. Okay. I'm just saying what Lucasfilm said. Gotcha. But I think they're going to go against themselves. They're going to tweak it. Right. Anyways, that was just it just hit me that way. Yeah. Anything else and and uh... Oh yeah, and then I, I rewatched Ready Player 1. Which is just crazy how much different it is from the book. You're talking the Ready Player One book, not what we're reading now. Right, right. I mean, yes. The Ready Player One movie is just vastly different from the Ready Player One book. But Correct. I didn't want to, obviously, we're reading the book right now, and I didn't want to reread all of Ready Player One over you know, the last week. Right. So I just watched the movie. Right. So yeah, that was my geek this week. Cool. Um, I did a couple things. Uh, you know, it's funny. I didn't write it down here, but you mentioned uh, House of M. But I did watch X Men Three again. I don't know. It was on, and I watched it. I don't know why. But yeah, why not, would you pick that one? It's not because it, it was on. It was like literally just like on TNT <laughs> or something, and there was nothing on. Um, which again, not the best of them, but uh, you know, there you have it. I watched it. And I also watched, uh, remember we talked last week, I said, I got to watch that Crisis at Infinite Earth, you know, those five episodes or whatever from the CW. Oh, you watched those? Yeah, they're terrible. That was awful. (laughs) I think I watched like two or three of them and I would just, uh, I don't know. Well, you piqued my interest. We were talking about Batman, Superman and and, in Justice League and, and the guy who plays the Flash did come in there. It was weird. It was awkward. It wasn't cool. It was just like it was. No, it wasn't cool. It was just this funny, awkward thing. Like it meant nothing. So, if they would have done something with him in there, that would have been cool. But it was just really bad. Like that whole. They just really like what started out really good. Like Arrow and the Flash, I liked it. But then, like I said before, we don't need to dive down to just it. It all turned into like really bad stuff. Like it's awful. Fair enough. You know, in the show notes, when you said Crisis on the Infinite Earths, I was excited and thought you had actually read the 12-issue maxi-series Crisis. No, I probably should, but I've I've been reading a lot. I'm reading two books as it is right now. Oh, yeah. I just don't have that much time. Um, I understand. You should read it at some point. I, I, I will, which leads into the, you know, I'm still reading High Republic. It's To me, it's getting better. Um, I won't even get into it till I'm done because I know it's, you know, we probably won't make that a, I would love to have made that a book club thing, but it's, it could be too late for me. Uh, and asking people to buy another new book, I think is, you know, or somehow get a new book is, I don't know. I guess any book we get, they if they don't have it, they're going to have to get it though, right? Exactly. Now, mind you, a book that's been out for a while is a lot easier to get than the library, both in digital and hard copy, right? Right. Right. And then every once in a while, I always throw a Empire of Dreams documentary on. It's like, oh, it's like, listen, it's like listening to an album. Right? What's that? You yeah. Well, I, well, basically it's when you, when you're working it's like throwing on an album I hear you. and you listen to it and it's just, it's still good. I still find nuggets in there that like, Oh wow. I forgot about that. So I, you know, those are Disney plus watch it. It's a good documentary. And then the, uh, how Star Wars is made, was made. It's really good. I think you work like how I would like to work. Like, I like to have music or some kind of video going on while I'm working. Yeah, that's what I do at home. I don't do it at work or right, at the at office. Home, but right, At the office, can't do that. But even, well, even at the office, 
not necessarily a video, but when I'm at the office, I usually have music of some sort going. Yeah, I could do that. I I probably could get away with this. I mean, I'm I'm, I'm productive that way. I'm more productive, but it may not seem that way. But I am. I used to work with a guy that would sit there coding because that's what he did. He was over on the development team, and in the corner of his screen, he would have TV shows playing. Yeah, it just worked and better that way. Well, his boss didn't give him shit because he was still got his all, all his work done. He just he had that on there as he was coding because it helped with the monotony. I mean, coding, looking at code for eight ten hours a day. Come on. Yeah, I mean, I I have to have a different part of my. It's I've I guess I figured out how to work around my ADD. You know, right. That just helps me. Like I have my my one part can focus on that, and the other part focuses on when I'm designing, and it just helps. So I get it. I get it. I see. The only the problem is though, I cohabitate with someone who has to have complete silence. <laughs> Why are my headphones on too the whole time? Oh, see. I, I envision I'd like to have my own office so that way I could sit there, have my monitors, have some music playing, maybe turn the music off, throw in a video. I like right. sound while I'm working. I do too. But I mean, that's what headphones, I mean, I have my office, but still headphones are better because the, the sound's better with headphones. Oh, that's true. That's true. <laughs> so that's it for me on this geek, my geek this week. Two Star Wars things. Yeah. You know. There's not much else out there. No, like, damn of, you know, it's funny because obviously COVID, there was such a lull for such a long time. And I know we did a bunch of interviews with people and stuff and just, we did a bunch of different episodes, but then we kind of, you know, stuff started coming out again. You know, we had Star right. Trek, we had Mandalorian, we got WandaVision now, but now it's like WandaVision is the only thing out there. That said, I guess we could be watching The Expanse, but that I... I'm I'm like three seasons behind. I've never even started it. It's good. But I, I definitely grant you that season two is way better than season one. And season one can kind of be a slog if you're not ready for it. We'll see. <laughs> <laughs> you seem pretty passionate, Joe. Yeah, I'm not. Uh, I can't say I'm like, you know, itching to watch the damn thing, but. Well, that's I'm, fine. I mean, it's not Star Wars. We are due for an interview. We should find somebody. I'm still waiting for you to get the cosplay ladies that we met. I completely forgot about them. Yeah. Luckily, you're not a paid producer. <laughs> Thank God. That being said, if there's anybody out there that wants to be a producer, unpaid, <laughs> that can find us cool guests, that would be awesome. Oh, I can find us guests. Okay. I just have to do it. Yeah, well, you have a job, too, and you have other things. It's not this, you know. No one's going to work for us full-time for nothing. No. Well, so we Joe, do. <laughs> well, yeah. This is a labor of love. It's not like we're getting money in this thing no, to pay anybody. So Not a red cent. Speaking of which, buy a t-shirt. Yeah, go do that. <laughs> All right, let's 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 get into WandaVision episode number four. We're going to talk spoilers on this again. For those that don't understand the podcast review world, when we say we're going to talk about something, chances are there's going to be spoilers. And there is going to be spoilers. On episode four, we interrupt this program is the name of the episode. And I thought it was a great one. I really liked this episode a lot. Oh, same here. I, Love I thought it was a, what uh, you know, they, they, they broke the rhythm, right? So they, they, they now they're taught the, I'm not going to say they broke the fourth wall, but this is kind of like answered. They answered our questions by asking the same questions, you know, throughout the show, which I thought was really, really well done. Um, And I really liked, you know, this is the first time we've got to see people coming back, you know, from the blip. Yeah. Well, no, we we did see it in um, Spider-Man. But not not like this. We didn't see anybody regenerate. No. They just showed up. And I liked, I thought, I mean, they obviously kind of played it up for jokes in Spider-Man. It was a quick five, ten second thing, and they made it funny. This made it more real, more tragic. Right. Because, I mean, think about it. Suddenly, half the world is back, and they're going to show up in the middle of everything, including hospitals, right? Yeah. 
hospitals, wherever they were, I guess, when they were uh, snapped out of existence, right? Right. So what about the planes that crash? Do they go back in that plane? That plane crashes again? Like, I don't know this. Oh, do they just like appear in the middle of the air? Yeah. Like, what they, what that else? sounds horrible. God, I didn't even think of that. That's, that's well, dark. They, well, I mean, you know, when you watch them, when the snap happened, you know, things were crashing because maybe the pilot was gone. And everybody else in that plane died. Like, who knows? It's just a technicality. <laughs> yeah, but Spider-Man in this show already established that people reappeared from where they were. So now you just let it be known that probably hundreds, if not thousands of people died falling from the air. Right. After they, I'm back. Oh, shit. Well, not even that. <laughs> to them, the people that disappeared. Right. They didn't know they were gone. Right. Right. It's not, I mean, some like, you know, when Spider-Man disappeared, he obviously knew, but the vast majority of the people just disappeared. Didn't know. Right. God, that's dark. I didn't even think of that, Joe. But <laughs> well, to get to the episode, yeah. Um, so my brother, he called me after episodes one and two. He's like, I got questions. And I was busy. And we played phone tag a couple times. and Didn't get a chance to really talk until after he watched episode three. Mm-hmm. And I said, have you watched episode four? Because I said, I can answer your questions right now. But if you watch episode four, I guarantee you 90% of your questions are going to be answered. Right. So just like you said, it was a great, it was a great way. They, like you said, they, they established the flow of the beats. We're going to the 50s, 60s, 70s. Hold up. Let's pull it back. And it, it was good because it gave us a breather. It, it broke. I don't want to say the monotony. But right. it took a step back and let us experience it as viewers. And it let, every, it let everybody know that it was part of the the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Like it's all. It is there. It is part of it. Right. So I liked it because it obviously went back into the MCU proper and showed us everything that happened before. And now we also, so we also know now that Monica Rambeau's mother mm-hmm. was one of the founders of Sword. Sword. Which I'm assuming. Nick Fury kind of gave her a nod on that because of what we know of them working together mm-hmm. in Captain Marvel. Right. So, but that's also interesting because now we know that S.W.O.R.D. is not a necessarily a new incarnation of a um, um, intelligence agency or whatever, defense agency, because S.H.I.E.L.D., while had its, you know, kind of, start around World War II-ish, mm-hmm. or thereafter, what, you know, Peggy was one of the founding members. It may have been the 50s or 60s, but regardless, S.H.I.E.L.D. had been around for a while. Then, so S.W.O.R.D., we know that Captain Marvel took place in the 90s, and S.W.O.R.D. couldn't have happened until after that. So S.W.O.R.D. is probably at least 10 to 20 years old at this point, give or take. Right. Probably closer to 20. So they're not new per se, but they just, they don't have the longevity of S.H.I.E.L.D. And it makes me wonder, I just have questions. I know it's not going to be covered in this show, but as we know, S.H.I.E.L.D. was infiltrated and brought down by HYDRA. Obviously, S.W.O.R.D. is an independent organization from S.H.I.E.L.D. and not another division. Right. But I wonder if they were affected by that at all and if there's going to be any reference to that. We shall see. Right. Hopefully. I mean, I'm dying to have Colson come back. Yeah, I would I would not hold your breath. Why? Because basically Kevin Feige has decided that um, anything that was done by uh, Jeff Loeb over there in Marvel Television is he, he might take a couple things that he likes out of it. I mean, there's all these rumors that Daredevil is going to be rebooted. Well, I'm not saying it has to follow that canon or anything from that. I just want the, the character came back for Captain Marvel. Like, I want him back. Like, he's not dead. So, like, well, bring him back. Who, we don't know if he's dead. Because it was obvious in the later seasons, too, of, you know, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. that they really were not really tied at all to the MCU. 
they kind of played around with the fact that maybe they were. You know, we saw we, we obviously they were when it Fury. started. Yeah, we saw Fury, and then the second season was obviously heavily tied. Right, the first second season, yeah, it was heavily tied into um, Captain America: Winter Soldier because of the Hydra thing, right? Right. You know, Winter Soldier came out that weekend. The next, like Monday, Tuesday, or whatever it was of with, of uh, Agents of Shield, right? You had Hydra taken over, right? But then later, eh, I mean, we saw what Seth is that who she was from Thor in the first season, right? I don't know. I would like to see him, but I don't know how. How I don't know. Um, I don't know what weight this has, but Joss Whedon basically said, "Nah, I see him as two different things, and he's not alive in the MCU." Hmm. But all right, well, Joss Whedon's gone, so who knows? Yeah, we'll see. Well, it was cool to have Jimmy Woo. Yes, and have that nice little card flip trick that he learned from Scott. Yes. From Ant Man, that was hilarious. All tied together, loved it. All tied together. I mean, all the little things. Um, it was also good to have uh, um, Darcy back. Yep, it's been what almost ten years. She hasn't missed a spe- step. I like. But her she's a doctor now. Time. She she was not a doctor at the time, though, right? No, she was. She was a grad student. That's why she was working right. on. So right. It's good to see her now. Yeah. So now she's a a doctor and a smart one and. That's cool. Um, so hopefully they'll bring her back in some other ways too. In the following, who knows what will happen in, in the Marvel universe, but she's still around. Um, well, that's kind of cool because well, Jimmy Wu was the guy uh, who was basically asking the questions like, it's a sitcom? And she's like, <laughs> that's a theory. <laughs> yep. So there was some fun stuff there. Um, what got me like one of the biggest things that got me was uh, um, I'm looking at some Easter eggs, and what got me was a good clue. If you look at the signs for um from the first episode and the starting in the when they had like the um bewitched opening credits, and then the sign when they when the FBI came to Westview, you know. Yeah. The the slogan is home. It's where you make it. Oh, interesting. So clearly it's what she's making it. Wanda. We, we know we know it's Wanda. Oh, right? yeah. Right? We still don't know if she's being manipulated by someone or something else. We do have what Monica Rambeau coming out and saying at the end, it's all it's all her. It's all Wanda. Right. But we still don't know what's up with Agnes. And we saw, I think I mentioned this last week, up on the board, Agnes is on the board, but no license. Which, again, could she be Agatha Harkness? Is that what she really is? The witch? I still think so. I think think you're probably, you know, you'll know it for sure. Um, you know, I have to look up all the Easter eggs because there's so many, and I, I love that because it leads to storytelling, right, and talking. So the um, you know, in this episode, the little helicopter that they find that came, you know, yep, turned into the helicopter was um, the title was Sword. It was S fifty seven. I guess that's yep. when uh, Vision makes his first ever appearance in the Marvel comics. Avengers fifty seven. Avengers 57 and the helicopter is painted in the same outfit as Captain Marvel. Yep. Same colors. Yep. Which, so the helicopter we now know was actually a drone. Right. Which, you know, I think after the first and second episode, we were like, all right, did Monica, was she on a helicopter and that's how she got pulled into the world and, you know, want to turn it into a toy. So that way it didn't affect her reality. Well, now we now know. That was obviously the drone. So we were a little off there, but not completely. We still don't know. Okay. There's a lot of hexagons from beekeepers and everything. Like, I don't know what that means. Do you know what it means? Yes. Even the shape of the city is is in a hexagon that she's kind of surrounding. So what, what does that mean that I should know that I well, don't know? 
Again, this might be an Easter egg. So originally we saw the Beekeeper, which is very similar to the uh, suits that AIM wears. The bad guys in the Marvel Universe that were... Uh, they've already been introduced in Iron Man 3, but in the Marvel Universe, uh, AIM was originally for Advanced Idea Mechanics, or the, the, the M part changes name, uh, meanings, but AIM originally started off as like the uh, tech offshoot or the tech division of Hydra. Mm-hmm. But then kind of split off and became their own thing. It's about using science for nefarious reasons. So, in AIM soldiers or AIM members wear a suit that looks kind of like a beekeeper's. But obviously, that is not the case in this. We saw that it was actually a hazmat suit that was changed into a beekeeping suit. However, the symbol for AIM is a hexagon. So, I still think. There might be something to do with aim in this. Not 100%, but that's my guess. Okay. That makes closer sense than anything else is going to be, right? That's the only thing I can think of. But then again, aim was something completely different in Iron Man 3. You know, they're the ones that um, it was, um, oh, what's his face, his name? I can't remember his name now. Good looking guy. He was the bad guy in Iron Man 3. Guy Pierce. Oh, right. Yep. Yep. He was the, uh, he was the, basically his organization, he called AIM, which they did the extremists or extremists that allowed people to, you know, basically super up their metabolism to have superpowers, but it yeah, them and I, killed them. I like, I like the extremist comic book better than, than that. Like, I like having Tony B, actual Iron Man, just turned it on and off. Through genetics or whatever. That was cool. Well, basically through, yeah, well, through nanotechnology, which we right. basically saw in. We did see, right. Yes, in, in the uh, Infinity War, yeah. But it's not quite that like it was a comic. But anyways, it's no, still it cool. No, similar. Yeah. Similar. Um, I see what you're saying. How about the, uh, the, the dead vision? Oh, my God, that was so creepy. Oh, did not see that coming. Uh, it was a bit of a no. skill jump. Yeah, it was creepy, man. Yeah, not ready I mean, that, for that. That hit some reality. Now, they didn't show quite like the prior episodes when she really started to come to terms where she knew she was doing all this and then kicked out Monica Rambeau, right? They went a little further, like threw her through all the walls and stuff. We, they, they didn't show that when they first when we first knew she got kicked out, right? No, we did not. We just... It was like extended edition. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Like she really got like angry. So clearly, you know, we know it's her doing this. Now we don't know why or we, other than a breakdown. Right. So is it all about coping with Vision's death or is it her brother's death and everything that's gone bad? I I would say that, you know, a large part of it is Vision, but also, I mean, think of it. She goes from her brother dying to becoming an Avenger to being... Uh, you know, to right after she becomes an Avenger, she causes the death of innocence. Not really her fault. Right. But, you know, she launches crossbones out of the area and ends up killing a bunch of innocent people. Right. Still not her fault. I mean, innocent people are going to die anyway. She didn't know it was going to happen that way. Right. To being on the run and to be, you know, you had the whole civil war and then being on the run. She hasn't had time to catch her breath in years. And then no. her her last anchor, you know, her love for this synthoid is taken from her. I mean, and she was, and let's also face it too, she was also taken away in the snap too. So she's been through traumatic after traumatic after traumatic event. She's like on PTSD plus. I would, I would be surprised if someone went through all that and didn't have a psychotic break of some sort. Yeah, no kidding. You know, what's funny, you know, I was, you know, after I said all these Easter eggs, I was thinking, oh, so the show is WandaVision and the town is Westview, WV. That's interesting. Oh, I, I just didn't catch that either. Where do you get, where do you get your spoilers? You that sure? one I just got on my own head. That wasn't a spoiler. Oh, wow. <laughs> I was just thinking after looking at the signs, I was like, oh, wait, Westview, WandaVision. That's a good catch. Um, the latest place 
I, I get them. Was it comicbook.com or whatever? Okay. I was just curious because this is what I do, and maybe I'm tipping my hat a little bit or tipping my, showing my cards a bit. I don't no, know if you. Do that. What's that? I was say I'm not. Uh, there's no way I'm going to know all this shit. But you know, so I have to look it I up on the a internet. A fair amount of it, but there's this guy. If you if you look on YouTube on Screen Crush, they don't do just one division. They they basically cover everything that we like, like Mandalorian. You know, he doesn't cover everything because he's a one man guy. He does it okay. all himself. But he after every episode, not in fact, the afternoon of every episode, he's got an episode out like. You know, 68 Easter eggs you missed, blah, blah, blah. I know. They, these guys are so good at what they do. The only thing I figure is he gets up at 5 o'clock in the morning, yeah. watches the episode, and then immediately takes you know takes notes, doesn't watch it and just enjoy it like you and I do. Oh, no, they don't. He, he probably watches it and looks for all the Easter eggs, notes them all, then immediately starts writing a script and filming a video, and it's out by that afternoon. So... By the time I watch WandaVision, you know, I know some of our listeners, you know, they're up early. I think even you, sometimes you watch it early in the morning, don't you? I haven't. I've done it with Mandalorian, but not. But I know some of our listeners do. They get up, you know, they're early risers. They watch it first thing because, you know, it's ready five, six in the morning, something like that. I don't do that. I watch it Friday night. It's my, my way to like my gateway to the weekend. I watch an episode of WandaVision and that's how the work week is over for me. Yep. So. But by the time I've watched it, Screen Crush has already put out their episode. So as soon as we get done watching it, Shaley and I, we immediately then throw on the latest Screen Crush where they go over and they basically say why all these, these are all these Easter eggs and they're why, here's why they're significant, yada, yada, yada. So shout out to Screen Crush and Ryan Airy because you make our jobs easier. Well, that's what they, I mean, they, they really, people like that, they, they just, they do their shit, man. They do it well. Oh, yeah, no kidding. They definitely so, do it well. Comicbook.com for you. Uh, like I said, Screen Crush on YouTube, or uh, I think uh, his Twitter handle is Ryan Airy. Guys, there you go. Absolutely. What haven't we covered? Um, oh, here's something I want to say. Not that we didn't, it's not something we didn't cover, but so do you know who Tom King is, comic book writer? No. He's currently writing Batman and has for the last couple of years. Okay. But he's also done a run of excellent, you name it, he's done a run. He, he, he did the Omega Men, did a run. It was fantastic. Um, he did a run on Mr. Miracle over for DC. But his, his runs, they're great. They're critically lauded. They're great runs. But for some reason, a lot of them just didn't catch fire for, you know, sales wise, for whatever reason. So they're usually short. Like about a year, it's like twelve issues or so, right? Well, okay. He did twelve issues of the Vision, which was the Vision wanted to have a family, and and they basically Wanda Vision. The story takes pieces from both House of M, from Wanda, and some pieces from this Vision twelve issue series that came out like three or four years ago. So. On Twitter the other day, Tom King posted, and I just wanted to read this real quick because it's cool. He posted a picture of uh, Randall Park, right? Who? Okay. For my Ant Man, you know, who's he's on WandaVision, right? Right. And he says, "Odd, cool world. I grew up literally across the street from the great actor Randall Park in West Los Angeles. He was close friends with my big brother Dylan, and was at my house all the time." Fast forward 30 years, and here he is in WandaVision, a show inspired by some of my stuff. That's cool. How's that connection? That's awesome, huh? Yeah. So as to as get back to your question, what do we not cover? Um, I don't think there was a lot. I mean, yes, we got some nice little tidbits and stuff in this episode, but this was not, you know, the, the first story. Re- Go ahead. Go ahead. Sorry, I keep cutting you off. I said the story didn't move, didn't really move forward. We just got confirmation. Exactly. This was uh, this was the episode. You know, every once in a while, if you're going to go deep, like this show has done in these first three episodes, where it's laying layer upon layer upon layer for us to peel back. Every so often, you got to do a pull back episode, 
And that's basically what this was. It was allowing us through uh, Randall Park and his character and, you know, from the Agent of Sword, Sword and through Darcy uh, to go ahead and be the audience for a minute and get some questions answered and see what was what. So there's not a lot was revealed this episode other than it confirmed a few things or maybe confirmed a few things or explained things a little bit differently than what we had assumed. But I think we covered the, the gist. And we we um, and it did confirm that it, I I believe that Wanda is doing this. I think she, like I said last episode, she's going to be might be the bad the the antagonist going forward for this whole next section. We'll see. She might be. I'm still holding out that I think there's possibly a big bad behind the jet. We'll see. We'll see if your Mephisto thing comes through or whatever you were saying. I don't know if it'd be Mephisto, but. I don't know. I just suspect there's a big bad. I could be wrong. Right. Cool. Well, another episode this Friday, so we'll find out what happens next. Let us know what you guys think, too, out there, if you want to leave a little, I don't know, note on the socials. Leave a comment below. Leave something. <laughs> um. All right. Ready Player 2, Section 3. Yep. Spoilers, or just say spoilers because we have it in the notes. Um, if you haven't caught up, might want to stop and then pick up this podcast up again after you have read section three. Otherwise, we'll uh, keep going forward. Yep. Um, so this section, I know what you're going to say right now. <laughs> I can hear. I. It's funny. One of yeah. our one of our listeners called it out too. He sent me a message. But, yeah. Uh, I want to hear, go ahead. I think I know what you're going to say. Well, I mean, listen, I, let's just say I found the best parts of this when they were not just going through the, 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 the long written jumbled garbage of either John Hughes world or Prince world. Like those are, they actually became boring. Like I, I liked it when they were back in the in Faisal's little court little room and they were talking about what was going to happen next and do all these things that was way more interesting than like I'm going to jump around to this house and I'm going to see you know and get into all the the dogma of John Hughes stuff and like it just like there was 30 pages that could have been done in 10 you know I don't know so I, to me it started to really get dragged out like this, it, all the good that section 2 was was kind of taken away by section 3 in my opinion, because it just got so lost in those worlds. Like, but in those worlds, it wasn't really that great of a story to follow. You know, it was more like, okay, I'm going to watch all my John Hughes films and I'm going to create a world around this. So I can write this section of the book and I'm just going to throw a few things in there and use, use references to make the story. But he didn't really do any, it didn't really add to the story. I don't know. So I found this section to be, more trouble than it was worth. I don't know. That's where I was going. Is that where you think I was going to go? One of our listeners sent me a message just to me. (laughs) Joe's a dick. No, 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 not at all. Joe is going to hate the level of non-plot advancing 80s trivia quest (laughs) references. (laughs) Spot on, friend. (laughs) Which... All right. I don't necessarily disagree with you. I agree. For, for me, the Prince section was especially slow. Ugh. Like I love Prince, right? I mean, I'm, not, I'm not like H where I know everything about Prince, but I knew, I, mean, I know who Moore's Day in the Time is. I didn't know that they had changed their name to Original Seven and that was their symbol. So stuff like that, no, I didn't know. You know, but I just thought the whole Prince section was... At best, treading water, and at worst, a bit of a slog. Yeah, I agree with you. I think I think like they could have done those, but I don't think he. I don't think Ernest did his diligence on writing actually something that could be compelling in those worlds. Like what? Like I just think he found a rhythm to writing, and I think he kind of, you know, rested a little bit on his laurels. Well, and uh, these two things. That's that's all. Whereas Ready Player One was just a cacophony of 80s references. Mm-hmm. He seems to go deeper in these references 
in this book. Right. Spending so much time going into Prince Apocrypha, if you will. All right. And it's not better for it. No. Now, I've said all this. I am a fan of Prince, perhaps an Uber fan. Um, remember, did you ever work Taz at Wolverine? No. Oh, uh, anyhow, she she's a woman uh, that was a huge, huge Prince fan. Huge oh yes, fan. I did. Yes, I did. Yeah, duh. I'm an idiot. You just I didn't call her. We didn't. I didn't. Sorry. Yes. But anyhow, you know she's one of those people that. You know, when Prince died, jumped in her car and drove to Minneapolis. Someone like that may have appreciated this section a bit more. Yeah, she would have loved this. She's great. I mean, I, I yes, I do know who that is, ladies and gentlemen. So. <laughs> and I don't think she's ever going to listen to this right. Prince podcast. But, but still. My point is, someone with that devotion may have really liked that section yeah i mean listen if he did a whole star wars thing i'd probably be a little more happier in it but i still would call it out like you have to be you better be compelling in that story like when you when you dive into that world you know right like in the first book he dove into a dungeons and dragons thing that i played but he didn't dive into it this quite this deep but i still got it and i loved it for it right but that's because right. i liked it right. and i do like john hughes films i like all of them most of them right and i liked that section a bit better um, um, but even then it was, I didn't, because it was just like, it was just, uh, it just felt like toil. Like it was like, oh, I got to get through this. Like, I don't, you know. Well, like I said, I, I like the John Hughes part a little bit better. More of the um, Pretty in Pink, when he actually, when he actually got to like a bit of a story with the Pretty yes. in Pink. That part I liked, but just having all the random Brian's and all that and all the different characters from the various films in that same high school. It was like 10, 15 pages of who cares. That's what I'm talking about. Like if you, if you're advancing it and like, okay, I get it. Now you're going to take, Oh, Robert Downey Jr. was supposed to play ducky. I get it. Okay. Now I get it. Like you, you have something you got to do. You got to figure it out. That part's fine. Yeah. That part again, I like, actually liked. Yeah. But getting like, you don't have to like, Talk about like, oh, and here's, you know, Joan Cusack with her brace thing walking around. Like, I don't care. Like, make me care about what you're going to talk about. Right. You know, that's the problem. I don't mind references, but like, you know, be be pertinent to the situation. Because quite frankly, I like when they're not in those places and the, the characters are much stronger when they're in talking to each other, trying to figure something out in real time rather than going into a world that's much more interesting. I agree. So, yeah. For me, the Hughes section was marginally better and mostly because it was actually a bit interesting with that whole Robert Downey Jr. part. Right. But other than that, I mean, you could really just, I mean, you could have written uh, characters know a bunch of John Hughes stuff and suddenly they get the shard. That really kind of what happened, and that was, I mean, I, get, I know that boils it down to a whole bunch of nothing. <laughs> it does. But not a, lot, a whole bunch of nothing really happened, right? Right. I mean, I don't know. So, again, the first section, I appreciated it for what it was. The second section, things really ramped up. I was very happy with it. Yeah. And this third section was almost not quite a needle scratch stop, but things really slowed down. And it wasn't until... Maybe the last few pages of this section where they start talking about, oh, we're going to, you know, help. We're going to go get Og, right? Right. And head off and get the sword to kill uh, Anorak. All right. right. Now the plot's moving forward again. But yep. um, it's funny because reading the first two sections, especially the second section, I thought to myself, why have so many people pissed on this book? I realized the first book was fantastic. To many people, and some people didn't like it. I loved the first book. And I also recognize a sequel almost never lives up to what came before. Sometimes it's better, and sometimes it does. I mean, Empire Strikes Back, you know, uh, Austin Powers 2, The Godfather 2. Well, we're talking books here. Let's say, let's let's keep it with books. Okay, with books then, I really can't. 
Um, I can't think of a book that really is better than the first book. I mean, well, I don't know. Do you have an example of a second book that's better than the first book? Nothing I can think of. I mean, if it's book two, it's typically because it's just the continuation of the story, like Lord of the Rings. Like it was already three, it was basically one book divided into three books. Right. I mean, the only, my only example, and it's not a super strong one, is the uh, second book in Marco Clue's Frontlines. I don't remember the title of that specific book. I know the first book was Terms of Enlistment. And the only reason for that is because the first book, the first half, is kind of like, ugh. And then halfway through, it really starts to pick up. And then the second book is it's just running off and running from the beginning. So, right. I mean, I like there's also series of books, right? Like you've got um, like Da Vinci Code. Like I like those. Right. They're they're kind of like sequels. Yeah. 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 But they're more like every story standalone, but they're in the same universe. Right. Yeah. But it's, I guess it it is a sequel. I guess you can see all the James Bond books are sequels. So, you know, true, true, true. I guess my point is, you know, going into this, I knew that the second book did not get the same rate reviews. Right. And I was okay with that. I knew, I, I, I go in with my eyes open. But as I read through the second section, I kept thinking to myself, why? I don't understand why this book is so derided. And then I get to the third section. I'm like, oh, this is, it's not bad, but it's just not as much fun as that second section, you know? Yeah. Hopefully... The, the, the last section that we're going to read does something. You know, we've got about, a, according to the timeline of the book, there's about roughly about an hour and 20 minutes left. Yeah, give or take, yeah. Something like that, 100 hour, something like that. And um, we don't know where where Artemis went. Right? Right. We well, yeah, know. we do. She Did went to she... go help the assault, or not the assault. She went to go help the security teams uh, hopefully rescue Og. So we oh, don't know right. her fate. Yeah, yeah. You know, she you know her fate, right? right. Uh, yeah, she went to the house, the the neighbor from Halliday's house. Um, so yeah, I, I didn't mind having Sorrento jump in for a split second to say like, ah, checking on you. That was a nice, you know, move for the clock. Um, See, but again, I, I didn't love Sorrento showing up. It was a little bit of a surprise, but it was very mush, mustache twirling for me, which made it seem kind of cheesy. Yeah, I mean the whole thing's cheese anyway, so, right. um, so why not? But the funny thing is, I read it. You know, when I read read it, read your player one the book before, I didn't have a voice for him. You know, you just have it. You make you have it in your own head, but now it's clearly, um, what's the actor's name that you know was in Rogue One and the guy that always plays a bad guy. Yeah. <laughs> He's great, though. Well, he didn't play one in Captain Marvel. He played a good guy. Oh, that's right. Well, we th- we thought he was a bad guy. So we, we thought he was a bad guy. guy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, his name escapes me at the at this moment too. Damn it! But uh, but no. his vo- but when I read it, his voice was in my head this time. You know the funny thing is, um, because I read the book and loved the first book and loved it so much, I kind of forgot about him in the movie. So the first part of the book, when he when he escapes and they reveal that, I was like, oh, okay, you know, no problem. And they, you know, the whole thing sets up, and they're here's your new challenge, and he's in on it, blah blah blah. I really didn't think much of it, but then I rewatched Ready Player One. So when he showed up this time, I was like, oh, it's totally him, right? So that's what happens. Yep, it does affect us. It does. It, it does give us a bias. So hopefully we get to a good end. Hopefully it does what it needs to do. Obviously, you know, we'll find out. So, well, that's my question then. We got one more section left. First one, I understand why it was slow and why it had to be the way it was to kind of set up the pieces on the board. Second section, fantastic. Third section, a bit of a drag. Do you think this book's going to stick the landing? I think it'll be middle of the road. I don't think it's going to be great ending. I think, I think someone has to go if you want, like, if you want to capture somebody, right? Someone has to pay the price. So I someone think. has to die. Yes. Whatever that price is, I don't know if it's death or can ever go into the. Who knows? Yes. Um, I think it should be weighed if you're going to be any kind of. If you can do this right, and then I think Lowe should take over. 
whatever happens next. I don't know. That's that's where like if you really want to push it and, and get interesting, that is not probably going to happen. Um, maybe it's too dark for this story. I don't know. Um, that's the thing, though. I it's progressed to the point now, and you know, with everything that's going on within the oasis. Mm-hmm. I don't see how part of it doesn't end badly. You know, I mean. But clearly he's going to, like you said, they don't tell us about the big red button unless they push the big red button. Right. Like we know something around that's going to happen. I think I said this last episode. I'm I'm going to reiterate it. There's something about low. Yeah. Makes me think. I don't know. I think low is Anorak in some way, shape or form. What if it's Kira? Okay. See, I didn't thought of that. I had not thought of that. That would be an amazing surprise. Could be. Right? I I hadn't considered that until you just said that. So previously to you saying that just a second ago, my <laughs> thought was Anorak was in some way was low and maybe also her friends. Not sure. But because it seemed too convenient that they sent low and the low five off to the zero sector to get the sword that can kill Anorak. Right. They're putting a lot of trust in these people. They, I mean, yes. Uh, Z Percival, Percival has met her before, but the rest of the rest of the high five have not. And to send low off and her group, the low five to go get the sword. The, the one thing they need to definitely possibly beat. Definitely possibly the only <laughs> to one thing that, the only thing that could potentially defeat Anorak, right? It just seems like too big of a risk. But like the video game, wasn't it the princess that saves everybody in that ninja game? But she, didn't she have to get a sword? No. Oh god, that is some awesome foreshadowing. Why am I so stupid? Why don't I not pick these things up? <laughs> well, I mean, that's how books. I just I read stories that way. Like, okay, what does this mean? Was it mean? I'm, this is that's my only guess. I mean, it could be nobody. It could be just that person low, but it still fits the pattern of the beginning of the book. You know, it would be excellent foreshadowing. Oh, maybe I'm completely wrong. Maybe maybe low is not evil, not a pawn of Anorak. Maybe it's like you said. The, the princess comes and kicks everyone's ass to save the day. And maybe, maybe it is Kira. Could be. Now, that would be a good stick to landing. Not because I thought of it, but because it makes sense in a weird, cool way. Or she knew something about Kira or whatever. You well, know? I mean. Or just having that second person that's not Wade Watts be, be the hero was cool. Well, and it kind of fit. It'd be almost the antithesis. I mean, Anorak sees... Um, Kira, right, as his, right? right? His right. prize to win, her AI, which we assume is what it is. Let me right. Pretty much said that. That, but that's, she is his flip side. Well, if he was hidden, hiding in plain sight as Anorak and was evil and, you know, sentient, why not have Kira hiding in the open as low and helping on the crusade to help defeat him because she doesn't want to be with him? Right. Or, or just having Lo be the hero, and that's the player too. Like, I, like I, re- I hate to say, I hope there's just more thought into Ready Player Two than just like, that's just a great sequel name. <laughs> right, right. Joe, I think you're you onto know? something. Like, that's the whole point of having two-player games. Like, who's the other player, you know? Nope, I, I agree 100%. I think you're onto something. We shall see. I did not read the end of the book, so it's not like I read the whole thing and I'm Trying to sound cool. I'm, I'm probably way off, but we'll find that's out. where I would go. Yeah. We got about 100 pages left, right? Yeah, about, yeah. So there you go. Still, I'm glad we picked the book. I'm not I'm not unhappy at reading it. No, neither that, am I. That I, I'll tell I, you. I was going to read it at some point anyway. This forced it, so I had to do it now. And I like the fact, let's face it, I tore through the first book in you know three, four nights. So taking a little bit more time to read this book a little bit slower and discuss it, like I would have gone through and just tore through with my own assumptions and not really considered much anything else. But taking the time to discuss it with you and interact with the other listeners and other readers makes me think. Yeah, it's a good way. It's a good way to read. It is. That being said, 
we'll have to figure out another book, like we said earlier in the podcast. So if you guys have any suggestions on books, shoot it our way. Yep. That would be cool. Um, I think a listener is what gave us Dune, right? Prior? I don't remember. I don't know. Um, I think we picked it because we wanted to read it before the movie came out. Oh, that's right. Put it back that's here. right. That's right. So there you go. Give us something new. Give us something new. And if you do that, you can do it on our social media stuff. Right, Michael? Right. If you go to Twitter <laughs> or Instagram, look for Kybercast. If you're going to Facebook, look for our page or group at, at or not at, the Kybercast. Tell us there what you think we should read next on any of our social media platforms. Cool. And if you uh, could please tell your friends about our podcast and tell your friends they can find us on various podcast outlets like Apple, Google, iHeartRadio, all those cool places, podcatchers galore, except Amazon. And that's why, if you guys know, I finally got Bezos to step down as CEO. You you did it, Joe. Well done. <laughs> my, my emails. Um. <laughs> That is not a joke, but it's kind of a joke. I guess he is stepping down, but that's not <laughs> because of me. Um, but tell your friends, leave a, you know, some kind of rating or something that helps from what I'm told. Um, and if you're, you know, if you want to help the podcast in a way, like by advertising for yourself, buy yourself a cool t-shirt mug or something <laughs> or shop, go to kybercast.com slash shop and you can find some cool things there. Um, it's about the only thing we can actually plug because, you know, it's our show. Um, anything else we missed, Michael, before we uh, put this one in the can? I think you got it all, Joe. Great. Well, we will catch up with everybody next week when we finish Ready Player Two and discuss the end. Until then, this is the way. I have spoken. What a piece of junk. Boring conversation anyway.